Welcome to God's Toolbox, the Bible. Here we connect the dots between God's Word and your real life experiences, challenges, and successes. Join us as we all get closer to living out God's purposes and His abundant life designed just for us. God bless you. Good afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome to our noonday service today. It's so good to have all of you on the line with us. I was a little concerned, but the Lord is blessing us right now. So let us begin our noonday service with prayer. Father God, we thank you so much. Lord, we thank you for this day. For the beautiful sunshine. Lord, we thank you for a day that we've never seen before. And for all that transpires in our lives. The good and the bad. The ups and the downs. We thank you. We pray for those that are sick among us. Sister Lucy Robinson. Sister Julia Massey. Sister Irene Butler. Brother John Simmons. Sister Loretta Randolph, Brother Robert Walker, and so many others that are ailing, that need your attention. Sister Mildred Purnell, that need to be covered, Lord. And not just them, but many of us who have issues and problems. And Lord, I don't know all of them, but you do. And so I ask right now that you be with us. Be with your people. Touch us. Cover us. Inspire and encourage us. And Lord, there's a word on today. I ask that your Holy Spirit come in and speak through me to your people. It's not about me. It's all about you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Our Word today comes from the Old Testament book of Samuel, chapter 17, the well-known story of David and Goliath, but we're going to begin with verse 38, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 38, reading from the New International Version, it says, Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. I'm going to use for a subject today, 
not Saul's armor, but ours. Not Saul's armor, but ours. When I was a youngster in school, I'm sure that many of you can attest to this. We were always warned by our teachers to keep our eyes on our own paper. Cover your work, they would say. Don't give away your answers by letting someone copy your paper. You're not helping them. Think for yourself. Do your own work. Over the years, that trend has turned into teamwork, collaborations. Two heads are better than one, and that makes perfect sense because I myself love to remind people that teamwork makes the dream work. But as always, the enemy, Satan, always tries to take a good thing and make it bad. So what he tends to do to a team is to make all the players, the individuals, drop their own individual gifts and prowess and common sense and become like everyone else. We see it all the time. We see it in the political arena. Don't think for yourself. Just vote a straight ticket. So instead of us being diverse, we've become, in a lot of instances, a group of copycats, all trying to do the same thing, being people who go along to get along, refusing to voice our own opinion for fear of ridicule, or refusing to use our gifts for fear of getting stuck doing everything. We got a myriad of excuses. Why do we don't speak our mind and we don't just speak up and we don't say what needs to be said? We are all akin, but we are each individuals. That's what makes us powerful and wonderful. And so instead of being stuck in the walls of the church, we need to get out and impact our communities. Do it for our children and our grandchildren. We need to help our elderly share our resources. That's how our forefathers made it. Coming together. 1 Corinthians 12 says, Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And that scripture goes on to talk about the gifts that we all have. So that when we come together as the body of Christ, we are complete, just like a, our human body. All of the parts working together. You're not your own. You were bought at a price. You are only a steward over what you have. You're not the owner. God is the owner. And so doing the same old things year after year, hoping for a different result, 
No, that doesn't work. We need to take time to think and act outside of the box. And right now, I'm thinking about the black church. I'm talking to the black church especially. You know, there's a um there's been out for some time this this um joke that says tell me you grew up in a black church without telling me. And people started talking about dinners after church and and people catching the spirit and the ushers fanning them having church fans, talking about things that people say, you know, giving honor to God who is, and everybody can finish that statement because we know it. We've all heard it. I woke up this morning with my mind. We know the rest of that. We've come this far, but we know all of those things. We know that. We say them. We do all that stuff. But then... The thing is, we're losing people, losing our young people, because they're looking for something different. They're looking for something more than just talk, than just saying phrases. Psalm 139 says, I will praise you, God, because I have been fearfully and wonderfully made. John reminds us, dear friends, now we are children of God and what will what we will be has not yet been made known. God desires all of us for his kingdom work. He wants us to use our uniqueness, our one and only genetic makeup, our experiences. All of that exists for the glory of Christ and the glory of God. So what can stop us from becoming the people that God has asked us to be? Is it because we're too lame to involve God, really? Have we been saved? Are we born again? Are we operating in our calling? Are are, are we too lazy to work for something? Too proud to ask for help? Maybe we're too afraid that we're going to make a mistake going forward. And so we just stand still and twiddle our thumbs. But we should pray, Lord, show us how your purpose is taking us to our destiny in you. We can't use Saul's armor. We have to be who we are, who God made us to be. When you look at David and look at what he was saying, David said, look at my record. As a shepherd boy, the wolf and the bear came up to eat the sheep and I protected them. I use my staff. I use my hands. I use what God, the resources that God gave me. What about you? What is your record? Are you faithful to God? Are you a disciple of Jesus? 
What skills do you have? Do you witness to other people and lead them to Christ? Can you refer? What about that job you've been on for years and years? Can you refer other people to be hired? Can you give them advice and training? Can you help them? Do you feed the hungry, visit the sick, help the needy? You know, David couldn't you couldn't be who Saul was. He had to be himself. He couldn't operate in someone else's gifting and calling. And neither can we. So we need to stop trying to do what we see other people doing. Stop trying to be who we th- oh we look at them and we think they got it going on. So we're going to do that same thing. No, do what God has given you. Look at how God intervened in David's life. He allowed the Holy Spirit to guide him. He took off Saul's armor. Chose five smooth stones. And with a sling in his hand, he took off to fight Goliath. He was authentic, being himself. See, when you care too much what other people think about you, you're exhausted from people-pleasing, from being depressed, and from letting them down. It's so much easier for us to please God and simply be obedient to the call that he's placed on our lives to do what he's telling us to do instead of getting permission from everybody else about what we should do, who we should be. So what can you do? Take inventory of your resources. Do you have a car that you can drive somebody to church, to the grocery store, to the doctor? Do you have so much food that you can share with other people? Clothes that you can give to the needy? What about a lawnmower that you can cut somebody else's grass or a tractor? Do you have a a, a computer or a printer? Do you have land? Do you have money? Do you have good credit? Do you have a swimming pool? That you can teach the neighborhood children how to swim. Do you have a picnic area? Can you organize? Can you fundraise? Can you teach, preach, tutor, mentor mentor somebody? Can you make flyers? Phone calls? Write postcards? Email? Text? Knock on doors? Can you encourage other people? So this Senate race that we just finished, it was a horrific thing. Reverend Raphael Warnock against Herschel Walker, outstanding athlete. But it took everybody doing their part for us to barely eat by and win. 
First of all, we had to have a candidate with integrity that was exercising his gifts and talents and not trying to be who he was not. That's the first mistake that Herschel Walker made. He was out of his arena. Not in the field of his expertise. Not exercising his calling. And then it took people getting out and voting. It took organization, strategy. It took people willing to to put the word out. I can't tell you how many flyers I receive daily, how many postcards, many of them handwritten, phone calls every day from people all over the country, some many who couldn't vote in Georgia, but they were doing their part. Michelle Obama, Stevie Wonder, senators, congressmen, everyday people calling. First, they were asking, have you registered to vote? Get registered. And when that time passed, they were asking, have you voted? Have you made a plan? Vote early. Go to the polls. I had a a cousin call me from D.C. and say, hey, cuz, have you voted? Friends, pastors who put out podcasts, who polled their congregations, who inspired them and urged them and did what they needed to do to help get the vote out. The result was a victory that we can be proud of and happy with a candidate that we don't have to be embarrassed about. And you might say, well, what what does that have to do with the church and about not having Saul's armor? Well, this is all spiritual warfare and it all comes together, played out in the physical. Yes, God is in control, but he does for us what we cannot do for ourselves, not what we will not. Do you think that if we didn't go out and vote in large numbers like we did, if we stayed home and just hoped for the best, that Senator Warnock would have won? No. You have to do your part. And you have to do your part, not somebody else's. Your part. Whatever the battle is that we are in, we must show up and use our own God-given armor. To make a difference in the kingdom of God. Senator Warnock said, Voting is a kind of prayer. It's faith in action. To put forth the kind of world you want to live in. Do we always win the way we want like we did yesterday? 
Of course not. Of course not. But with God, we never lose. We all need to step up. Don't shrink back. Look around in your world and see what it is that God would have you to do. What resources you have. What gifts and talents you can use to make this world a better place. How we can strategize right now to use our resources and everything that God has given us to make this world a kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint and I know that I shall not be ashamed. Not Saul's armor, but ours. God bless you. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the victory. Thank you for the victory in the Senate, but we thank you for all the victories in our own lives. Every day for waking us up, clothed in our right mind, clothes on our back, food on our table, a house over our heads. We thank you, Lord. And sometimes we question you when the bad things happen, Lord, but we don't ever go back and just thank you for the little things the wins we have every day. And so we thank you. We thank you now. We praise you. And we ask, Lord, that you would help us, encourage us, inspire us to be the people that you would have us to be with the resources, the gifts, and talents that you've given each one of us as individuals, not trying to wear somebody else's gifting, put on someone else's talents, but to use what you have given us. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to thank you today for the word, for listening to the word, for hearing what God has said. And I also want to ask you to go out and be great for God. I know you will. Just by showing up every week and listening to the sermons, that says something about who you are and what you tend, intend to do in the kingdom of God. And so we thank you, and we thank God, we praise Him, and we thank Him for the victory that we are all enjoying. 
So with that being said, I'm going to allow you to go out and enjoy the rest of your day. God bless you. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling, to present faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forevermore. Let us all say, Amen. Not Saul's armor, but ours. God bless you.